Alright, Bokar Tov, we are continuing Sefer Melachim Aleph, chapter 11. And what, are we, what did we do? What did we see? Adversaries. Were so we were, going through, we were going through the, the adversaries, exactly. So the first adversary was after Shalomo sinned, God raised up adversaries against him. That caused, they don't go, it doesn't go into very much detail as to what exactly they did. It seems like they were just annoyances to Shalomo's kingdom. Or, you know, if you recognize Shalomo's kingdom took control of a lot of the surrounding nations that were around Israel. So, did he conquer a lot of places like, or he just was in control like of these Edom lands? became like a vassal state, right? So, the place where uh, Hadad is from, yeah. Edom became a vassal state. What does that mean? Um, Meaning a state that Shilomo technically controlled, like, I don't know, okay. like Puerto Rico for America, right? That, that Shilomo technically controlled that was not Israel, that would pay dues. Seems like that was the case, right? So whenever it says that Hadad came and he rebelled against Shilomo, maybe it means that they rebelled against Shilomo and they, try, they stopped paying him or they stopped like, serving as a vassal state to Israel, okay? Um, so we went through the whole backstory of Hadad and then we went... Uh, we said it was actually interesting that according to Alex Israel, there's actually a little bit of a similarity between a Hadad story and Moshe Rabbeinu's story. So like, that's, a, that's a unique one. Um, and then there is Rizon, the next guy, uh, that, that took over Syria or Tsova, which was, let's say, modern-day Syria area. And that was another vassal state that he also started rebelling from. And then the most important one starts in Pasuk Kafvav. And I think that's where we're up to, right? Yarovam son of Nevat was a man of from Ephrati, meaning he was from the tribe of Ephraim, from Tsereda, and the, his mother's name was Tsirua. She was a she was a widowed woman. He was a servant to Shlomo. And he was also a man who rebelled against the king. Yeah, you did. We ended at 23. So we skipped oh, so I didn't do Rizon. You just did the first I, I line. Thought, I thought you I taught Rizon. We just did the first line. Okay. So there's a man named Rizon who had originally rebelled against Hadad Ezer, the king of Tsova. Okay. So this man Rizon lived in Syria. He was a respected man in modern-day Syria. And the king, Hadad Ezer, was obviously uh, the king at the time. So this man, Rizon, was like a nobody. Now, So basically, he, this man, Rizon, he ran away from, uh, he ran away from Syria. And then he gathered people to go back and reconquer Syria when David, in his time, in David's time, already had conquered them. Uh, and they, he, Rizon, and his people went to Damascus, which I'll say was like the capital of Tsova, and they dwelled there and they became the kings of Damascus. Okay? And then he also, by he, Satan, Israel, called Yemesh Shalomo, and he also became an opposition to Israel all the days of Shalomo, and uh, he did the same as the bad that Hadad did. And he was disgusted by Israel and he ruled over Aram. Does that make sense? Okay, so this guy, Rizon, he was also uh, uh, originally in conflict with his own king. 
Then when his king was destroyed by David, he used it as an opportunity to regroup and um, probably many years later he came and he took over Damascus and he became the king of Aram and he also hated Israel and became a thorn in the side of the Israelites. Okay, so we had Hadad, we had Rizon, and now we have the most important one which is Yarov'am. I don't know why they translated it with an E, but the correct pronunciation of his name is Yarov'am ben Nevat. Okay, so Yarov'am was a man from uh, Ephrati means he was from the tribe of Ephraim. Okay, Minat Tzereda from the Tzereda, which is a place. His mother was She was a widowed woman, and he was an evidly Shlomo. He was a servant to Shlomo and he raised. He became opposition to the king. Now, we don't know yet exactly what. The, actually we'll see And this is the matter on which he raised opposition to the king When Shilomo built up the Milah He closed the opening to the walls of the city of Ir David Now what was the whole It's kind of like veiled What exactly is going on the, If you remember the Milah was an open area In which Am Yisrael gathered in their tents when during the Shalosh Regalim. It was an unbuilt area that was just a very open area and it was a very good location because it was in close proximity to all like the king's palace and the, king's palace and, the and the Beit HaMikdash and so on. And if you remember, whenever he built the house of the daughter of Paro, he realized that the Milo could be used for the housing of the servants of Bat Paro. So he then rebuilt the Milo and instead of having it as a place for a campground, for Am Yisrael, he gave it to his wife, who was not even Jewish. So now Am Yisrael lost his thing, and Am Yisrael was very upset about that because it made their trip to Yerushalayim much more convenient. You know, it would be like the equivalent of uh, of uh, Israel closing the access to the hotel from Shar Ashpot. Yeah. You know, like like some very very convenient thing That's that you exactly can, what it sounds like. you know, that you can that we can use that we use every every time we go to Israel. All of a sudden, no, I, I, we want to use it for Netanyahu's personal, uh, his wife's uh, personal garden, right? So you close it off, you know? So, so he brought up that as an issue and he started crying foul about it in rebellion against Shilomo. That, that's at least how the Mepharshim interpret this whole thing. The Aish Yarovam Gibor Ha'il. And Yarovam was like a, what does it say, a, a strong man? Able. A very able, able man Mighty man of, of valor Yeah, and earlier in his life Yarovam, the reason he was in a position To even rebel against the king Was because he was a man uh, That was very capable And Shalmod, early in his life Seen him to be a man Who was very, very capable Who could do work And he was in charge Of all of the work Of the house of Yosef Meaning because he was from Ephraim Which is like the leading tribe of Yosef so all of it, it seems like he became kind of like the, the in charge of the labor tax. You know how he was putting Am Yisrael to work to build the Beit HaMikdash. So Yarovam became the leader of the people who were doing the work. And this is going to be very, very important because in the next kingdom of Rechavam, that's what's going to be the main issue is Am Yisrael is going to be frustrated with the workload. And I have Yarovam who's going to see this as an opportunity to get the power he was craving because... He knows what it's like to be in charge of the work and he knows the complaints of the people. Right? He knows how overworked the people are. And it was in that time Yarovam went out from Yerushalayim and this 
I, I don't Did the text uh, introduce us to Achiyaya Or is this the first time we're, we're seeing him in the text I think it's the first time So Achiyah HaShiloni Hanavi, A man named Achiyah HaShiloni That was a, a prophet Found him on the way And he was dressed in a new garb And they were both alone in the field Now who was dressed in a new garb? Achiyah or Yarovan? So it's actually the Radak says it could go either way No idea he says, It could be or Achia or Yarovan. And there's no way to, decide, to see from the text. Seems like it's, it's Yarovan. No, it could go either way. I'm t- I read all of Sukim carefully and you really can't tell. <laughs> no, Rabbi Adam, he always, uh, when he like, teaches like, Hello, like a, Torah, he always like, uh, when, when the Torah is like unclear, he always like uh, plays a game. He's like, name that pronoun. Like uh, who, who is this like person? Like he was wearing a garb. That's so funny. Like, who is, who's the pronoun? Yeah. So who whose garb is this? So here, look at the root Rabbah Zayn Yudbet is the midrash that quotes this. Rav Vilevi is machloket in there in the midrash. Chadamar sin matoshel achia. One says it was is achia's garb. The chadamar sin matoshel yaromam. And another says yaromams. Amar Bishuel b'staber keman damar sin matoshel achia. Sheken derek shot tzadikim not koraim b'machloket shel. Uh, he said it makes sense that it was Achiyaz and not Yarovam's because it's a way of Tzadikim to tear their garments when the house of David is split. I don't know. Okay? So maybe it, he may be saying that it's like, it's like uh, it makes sense as Achiyah because he's a Tzadik, so he would go into mourning when he's giving a Nivwa about the, the destruction of the. Kingdom of the what of was the, the forced David. what was the forced labor if we go back one plus two what was the forced labor that, because we didn't we talk about how everyone was so wealthy that they brought in so that like was, imported labor so, and so had, if you remember there were two parts there's chapter five and there's chapter nine mm-hmm. chapter five described the shifts that Bnei Israel had for all of the labor and, and how if you remember whenever they originally were building the Beit Hamikdash and we were only talking about like wood and the basic items yes. so we, we got a lot of help from uh, Hiram the king of Tzur but we also had our own delegation of, I think it was like 30,000 people that would go once every three months. Mm-hmm. Yes. If you remember, there was yes, like a yes, system. Yes, yes. So there was a lot of, Am Israel was incorporated very much so into the labor. forced labor to get things done. But that was just for the now in chapter afterwards. 9, we saw that a lot of this labor became non-Jewish. Mm-hmm. And then my theory is that if you, could, if you look, we see that it seems like there's a little bit less money after all of these expenditures. We kind of like emptied our bank account. And I think potentially Ami Israel needed, needed to become forced labor again. But they were bringing but in, I, they were I don't have any like proof all the that. gold. It was talking about how like, yeah. silver was worth But then like, at the same time, you remember when Shalom was trying to pay Hiram, you had to pay him in cities that Hiram yes. didn't even like. Yes. And he used to be paying Hiram in terms of wheat, and they didn't have wheat anymore. So even the Midrash says that the reason they, they ran out of wheat the because they weren't they working on the land, they became thing. So I, I personally think that it's a, it's a it's, it could be that Am Israel they just became more poor because they became focused on their luxuries and we weren't focused on the basics like cultivating land, and then because of that, at some point they ran out of money to pay outside laborers and Am Israel was reengaged to become part of the, the okay, forced labor group. That's my theory. Okay. But even at the very beginning, we saw that Amistra was used yes. in the labor. Yes. And it probably continued. It was probably just that they had additional they had workers, additional workers like, that, that were... Exactly. Okay. okay. So, Achia goes and he meets Yarov Am and, and it seems like one of them is wearing a new garment. 
Achiyah took the new garment that was on him. Whose pronoun? No, but, no. Guess the pronoun. Okay, that was on him, on himself, or on Yerobam. And he tore it into 12 pieces. Who, who did this? This is like a... Like a uh, I'm trying to remember who, who t- uh, cut something into 12 pieces. Something from Shoftim? There was something at the end of Shoftim, I think in the Pilagish we give a story. They cut, he cut the body into the body 12 pieces and he sent it to yeah, 12 people, yeah. to 12 tribes. And then I think there was also, also Shemuel may have cut a calf, a cow. Into, or, or maybe it was uh, Shaul at the very beginning of his reign. He wanted to get all of Am Israel together and he cut a cow into 12 pieces and he sent it to all the tribes to oh, call so them to battle. To yeah, so we see this. This is a theme that we've seen. This is not like a brand new thing, okay? So he cuts it into 12 pieces. He says, take for yourself 10 of the pieces of the garb. And he said to Yerobam, take 10 pieces, but for I am taking the Mamlacha away from Shalomo and I'm giving you 10 of the tribes. And he'll, he'll have one tribe, which is the Yehuda and Binyamin combo that he's going to keep. That'll be for him. And for the sake of Jerusalem that I've selected from all of the places, from all the tribes of Israel. So he's fulfilling a prophecy. He's, he's prophesying now. And why are you taking the ten tribes and I'm taking only two for Shilomo and so on? Because they left me and they bowed to Ashtoret. They didn't go in the proper path. Uh, to do the straight thing in my eyes and in my with my laws and my my uh, covenants or my uh, ordinances like David his father. I'm not going to take all of the kingdom from him. For for I will leave him as leader. For as long as he lives. That I uh, that I uh, that I chose David who did keep my mitzvot. Meaning, David's reward is that Shlomo doesn't have to lose his kingdom in his own life. Okay, so you have two things. One is there are two things that David's zechut is enabling. One is that the the tribe of Yehuda and the tribe of Binyamin will still belong to his line of kingship. And two, that Shilamo will be able to live out his days without losing his kingdom as well. Okay, so that's, uh, those are the two things. Um, okay, we'll continue Pasuk Lamed He on Monday. Baruch Adonai Lulam. Amen. 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 Amen.